Now just come home and I'll take care of you. Hallelujah. I'll bandage up your wounds. I'll make you whole again. Those that are deaf, I'll make you hear. I'll heal your bodies. I'll heal your marriage. I'll restore you. But just come. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, my friend. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to conclude the series entitled, Can We All Get Along? Today's subtitle is Not Trash. That's right, Not Trash. Today we talk about people. We talk about humanity, and humanity is not trash. People are not trash. As a matter of fact, God paid a high price for our salvation. He loves you right where you are. My Lord, Jesus loves you. You are not a throwaway, and you, my friend, are highly valued. I cannot wait for you to hear today's message. So no matter wherever you are, wherever you've been, Remember that he loves you and you are worth more than you will ever know. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message, which is subtitled, Not Trash, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled what? Can we all get along? Hallelujah. Can we all get along? And this is the concluding part of that series. This is part number eight of that series, and it is entitled, not trash, not trash. This, there's something that is not trash. Let me tell you now that God is getting us ready for the largest end time revival, for the largest end time harvest that this planet has ever seen before. And because of that, he's getting his church ready, getting the congregation ready. Hallelujah. Getting his people ready to receive those that come. Amen. So this is why we've been in this subject, uh, in this series, Can We All Get Along? Because God is getting us ready. Glory to God. Now, what is trash? The subject today is not trash. What is trash? Trash is something that we discard or discarded matter. We would call it, we would call it um, unusable things or something that is ruined. There is something that God is calling not trash. And let me give you, um, let me just tell you what it is. People are not trash. People are not trash. Hallelujah. Now, I didn't say they won't act trashy. But even those that act trashy, God said, are not trash. You'll find that people are treasure. People are treasure. Are you hearing me? So God says that the human, that the human race, um, the sinner, the uh, those that are, even those that are against God, that they are not trash. God sees them as treasure. He doesn't see them as throwaway, something to be thrown away, something to be cast out. He sees them all as treasure. He sees human race as treasure, and God has a plan for them, and God has a plan for you and I today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We're going to receive this today. Let's look at, let's start here in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. Verses 26 through 29. Let me give you a reminder here. It says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things that, or rather, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those 
who think they are wise. And he chose uh, things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all and use them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They are not trash. They are treasure. Say with me, not trash, but treasure. God has a plan for them all. So again, look beyond, look beyond what you see. Look beyond skin color. Look beyond um, uh, how they dress. Look beyond hair color, whether it's purple, blue, pink, red, ice cream looking. Look beyond all of that and see the person that is there because God is able to look beyond faults and see the real person. Hallelujah. And it's for this reason that we've been looking uh, here in Matthew, the seventh chapter. We're going to go back there just for a second. Matthew 7 and verse number 1. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? He says, judge not that ye be not what? Judged. And we know the word judge there talks about a separation, a putting asunder, a picking out. He said, don't do that. Now, there will be time when um, people will make a decision. We'll see this. Uh, that they will be put aside into different categories, but that's God's business, that's not ours. There will be a time when God will divide uh, uh, people, mankind, humanity, as one divides sheep from the goats, but that's his business and not ours. Jesus tells us not to separate, not to judge one another. Remember, we are called to be net fishermen. Hallelujah. We gather. He's called us to the ministry of gathering, and we're going to see that again even more today. He's called us to the ministry of gathering and not scattering. Hallelujah. Didn't we read that there in, in Matthew 12, chapter? Matthew 12, verse 30. He says, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me does what? Scattereth abroad. He's called us to gather, to gather. So what Jesus is calling us to do, and you see this, we're going to have to have the mind of God, the mind of Christ, and not a religious mind and not the mind of the world. He's calling us to see people as people, those that he treasures. He's calling us to see people as his favorites. They're his favorites. And so are you. So bring him that, that he loves. Bring him his loved his loved child, bring him his lost child, bring them to him. Amen. And I'm telling you, when, once you uh, partner with God and you're going to have to say this with, with all your heart that today I partner with God to bring him this end time harvest of souls. I partner with God so that Jesus would receive his full inheritance in the earth. I partner with him because I understand something. Why does heaven rejoice? Why do angels get happy and jump all over the place? One reason is when one sinner repents before God, when one person gets saved. Hallelujah. Just one. Heaven throws a party with just one. So if heaven likes it and throws a party, what do you think about God? The Father likes it. Heaven likes it because the Father likes it. So let's bring him what he likes. Hallelujah. And the Father loves people. Praise the Lord. But we've got to break away from a religious mentality, break away from a fallen, fallen world mentality and see people where they are. Hallelujah. 
Now, let's, let me show you another example of, of, of this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verses 17 through 21. Listen to how this reads. It says in verse 17 uh, of the New Living Translation, uh, this means that anyone, say anyone, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is what? Gone. A new life has begun. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is another reason why people aren't trash, because God can change them from where they are and make them brand new. Hallelujah. The person that you see that the day that is cussing and fussing and, and all this other stuff that is, has lewd behavior and all kind of manner, uh, manner of evil things, God can take that person and you'll see them and how that old stuff will pass away and how God will make a totally, completely different person out of, out of that individual. Are you hearing me? But the fault is of many of us, we've been called, uh, many in the Christian world uh, have been uh, known to judge people. And when you come into the church, come into the fellowship, they're gonna, they think they have a fear. Well, if I come in there looking like this, if I come in there dressed like that, they're going to judge me. And they, people have often, and some of us have been guilty too, and we've been guilty, I've been guilty of doing this, of uh, saying you got to have own church clothes. You know, well, why can't you come to church? I don't have no church clothes. I have never been in Walmart, JCPenney's, Macy's, or any of that place, and have seen a special section called church clothes. Never seen it. God's more concerned about you than it is, than it is uh, what's on your back. Hallelujah. He wants you to have something nice, yes. But don't let your clothes prevent you from coming into the fellowship. Hallelujah. But why have they been afraid of that? Because so many within the halls of the church, so many pretenders, so many fakes and phonies and hypocrites have pointed them, pointed to them and laughed and mocked and said, well, you can't come because you're not dressed this way. And so that whole mentality has circulated, uh, circulated in the world. And now they think I can't come because I'm not dressed, I'm not dressed correctly, or I can't come because I got this beer. I'm still doing this. I'm still doing that. I'm still sinning. So I can't come to church because I'm in sin. That's insane just just like someone says I can't go to the emergency room because I'm bleeding because I'm hurting because my leg is falling off let me get myself healed then I'll go to the emergency room how sad and silly is that are you hearing well listen God said you know so hey you come to me he'll change him but we can't block people at the door. We can't stand in the way of sinners, as the Bible says in Psalm 1. We can't do that. Let God deal with them. Let God change them. Don't disqualify them before they even meet God. Make sense? Verse 18 says, and all of this is a gift from God. Say with me, salvation is a gift. Hallelujah. All of this is a gift, a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the, this task of reconciling people to him. Listen to verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. How did he do this? No longer counting people's sins against them. 
when God was in Christ uh, going about the world and showing Jesus was showing people the love of God he didn't do it by way of condemnation and pointing out their guilt pointing out their sins God was in Christ bringing people back to him not counting their sins against them Again, God was in Christ bringing people back to him, not counting their sins against them. He wanted them to come home. He said, I got the sin issue taken care of through Christ. His blood has washed all, all of that away. Now just come home and I'll take care of you. Hallelujah. I'll bandage up your wounds. I'll make you whole again. Those that are deaf, I'll make you here. I'll heal your bodies. I'll heal your marriage. I'll restore you. But just come. Hallelujah. So how many have stayed out of the halls of the church? How many have stayed out of relationship with God because of what other people, what they thought other people would say and do? Are you hearing? That's not the heart of God. What's the heart of God? God was reconciling people to him, not counting their sins against them. But what, what is the, the mindset of many? Oh, you got sin on your life. Maybe you ought to fix that up first, then come. That is not the mind of God. Are you hearing? He looks past the faults and sees the person. Are you hearing? Look at verse 19 again. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, um, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Look at verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead what? Go home, sinner. No. What does that say? Come back to God. Are you hearing me? Come back to God. It says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's the message. That's the message that, that, that the Father has given us to tell the world. Come back to God. Come back to God. Hallelujah. Come back to God. Verse 21 says, For God made Christ uh, who never sinned to be, listen, uh, to be or sin for us, to be the propitiation of that sin, to be that pleasing sacrifice before God. And because of what Jesus has done, uh, we can now be righteous in the sight of God the Father. Isn't that wonderful? He made Jesus to be the, the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Hallelujah. So I want you to see the mind of God. Let that sink in. You say, well, what do I do when I see someone? What do I do when I see someone in sin? What do I do? Do I pounce on them and tell them that they're going to hell? What do I do when I see someone in an alternative lifestyle? What do I do when I see someone strung out on crack or someone on uh, someone that is drunk what do I do when I see them fornicating when, when I see them in adultery what do I do do I point a finger at them and tell them that God doesn't love them and he doesn't want them or do I tell them come back to God are you hearing God can clean them God can fix them yes he doesn't like what they're doing but he doesn't like what you're doing either I wish I could get some talk in here Look at the mind of God. Let's look at John 3, 16. Let's go John 3, 16 down to verse 19. John 3, 
verse 16 through 19. And I want to show you this here in the word of God, John 3, 16 through 19. I want to show you this. Very familiar text. Here again, I want you to see the mind of God as it relates to this. Look at the mind of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to what? Condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Saved. Look at there. God did not send Jesus into the world with the ministry of condemnation. Now, if God didn't send Jesus with the ministry of condemnation, how in the world did we come up with a ministry of condemnation? How in the world did we come up judging and criticizing and, and fault finding? Uh, how in the world did that happen? Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. So Jesus did not come with the ministry of condemnation. He did not come with the ministry of, of, of judging or separation. Remember the word here, condemnation, really... Uh, that's that Greek word, uh, krino again. And krino means to separate. Jesus did not come to separate. He did not come to condemn. But he came to save. He came to save. The Bible says, verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned. Anybody believe on Jesus? Amen. You are not condemned. But he that believeth not is what? Condemned when? Already. Why is that? Why are they condemned? Why are people judged? Why are people separated? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus is the one that gathers. He is God's method, is God's method of gathering all mankind back into one, gathering all mankind back into favor with God. If you reject Christ, you reject the light, you, re you reject uh, God's way of gathering all humanity in one, in him. And so because of that, because they rejected him, they became separated. They separated, in essence, they separated themselves. We see this in verse 19. And this is a condemnation, that light has come into the world. And men love what? Darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. So even in this context, God's not saying uh, you can't come with me because you're in sin or because you're wicked or because you're because you're wrong. It is man that said, I like what I'm doing, God. I like the way I'm doing it. And uh, if I come over there with you, I can't do that anymore. So I'll just stay over here. It is men that separated themselves from God. Are you hearing? No, I believe it's the Father's heart that all come to heaven. It's the Father's heart that all be in right standing with him. But it is people that decide that I want dark instead of light. Listen to verse 19 out of the, uh, out of the uh, God's word translation. It says, this is why people are condemned. You say, why are people condemned? This is why they're condemned or judged or separated. It says, the light came into the world, yet people love the dark rather than the light because their actions were evil. They didn't want to stop it. You ever know somebody or have ever known someone, uh, you say they knew they were doing wrong, but they didn't want to stop it. They wanted to stay in what they were doing. They knew it was wrong. They knew it had consequences, but they did not want to stop it. I've known people even that they, uh, I've been to hospitals and all that stuff and people that just come, I mean, almost straight out of lung surgery. 
And after a while, they have that, that little trach thing there, and I see them outside with the cigarette at the throat. You're out of lung surgery. You've destroyed one complete lung. But you go back outside as soon as you can, you take a puff. You know it's wrong, but you decide, I'm going to do it anyway. So here's Jesus with the light, and he says, hey, I've got a better way for you. I've got a better way for you. I've got a better way. I've got a better life. I've got a way for you to be reconnected to God the Father, to be better than what you are, to be more than what you are. Come and follow me. But we say, no, I can't do that because I got this. We've allowed this to keep them from him. They've allowed that to keep themselves from him. Think about the same thing with the young rich ruler, right? He came to Jesus and said, Lord, uh, good master, what must I do to be saved? Jesus said, okay, you've done all this, do all that, then sell all you got there and come follow me. I can't do that because I like this more than I do that. So people will separate themselves. God presents an answer. And many will, will choose to reject the answer, reject the light, because they love what they are doing. Isn't that something? That's so why we ask God for, to deliver. Say, Lord, deliver me. So again, Jesus came to save. He didn't come to condemn. He came to save. Look at, look at uh, Luke 10, Luke 19, Luke 19, verse 10. It says, for the Son of Man is come to, to what? To seek and to save that which was lost. That's the message. That's the message. But how do we get this thing twisted? How did it become where we begin to judge those that don't know Christ? And, and we think now because we know a couple of pages of the Bible, we know a few scriptures that we're holier than thou, and we can talk about them and judge them and condemn them. That thing is very wrong. Are you hearing me? Now, I want you to see here, see the, see the religious mind. Are y'all stay with me today? See the religious mind. Let's go to Luke 5. Luke 5, and uh, we're going to look at two verses here, verses um, 30 and 32 or three verses, 30, 31, 32. We're going through this, and I know because the Lord wants to make sure as the word of God goes forth, you need to make sure that this is not in you, and as you are exposed to it, you'll notice also when it is occurring in someone else. You know what is the mind of God, and what is the mind of a, uh, of a demonic spirit, or what is a religious spirit. You know how, what it is, how it, what it looks like, and how it appears so that you can uh, hopefully convince that person that that is not Christ. Are you hearing? Luke, uh, Luke 5, verse, 20, uh, verse uh, 30, it says here, uh, the New Living Translation, it says, But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain bitterly to Jesus' disciples, to Jesus' disciples. This is what they were saying. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? King James Version said, uh, why is your master, why are y'all eating and drinking with Pharisees or with sinners? I'm sorry, with, uh, yeah, uh, with uh, sinners. And uh, why are you doing that? Why are you eating with sinners? Why are you breaking bread with the sinners? Why are you doing that? They say here in New Living Translation, why are you eating with such scum? Why are you associated with the scum? I thought you were saved. I thought you were of God. Why are you associating with them? Remember, it was the same, the same sort of attitude um, that the 
uh, I believe it was a Pharisee that, that had when he invited Jesus over to his house and uh, the woman came in there and, and uh, who was known to be a, a wicked woman in the city, a prostitute of, of some sort. And she came and she cried at Jesus' feet and she wiped her tears with, his, with her hair. And the man said, the religious leader said, if this man were a prophet, if Jesus were a prophet, if he were of God, he would know what kind of woman this is. But listen, if you don't allow them to come into his presence, how will they ever be changed? And if we don't allow them into the fellowship, how would, where, where would they go? Are you hearing? We've forgotten who we, who we were before God changed us. Look at verse 31. Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This whole religious mindset that, that, I, that, you, that you think you're holier than thou because you know a couple of scriptures or because you know how to pray or because you pray in tongues. Shonda, 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 he come with a bow tie. He come with a bow tie. He come with a bow tie. He come with a Chevrolet. He come with a Chevrolet. That's exactly what that sounds like if your heart is not full of love. It sounds like a, like a cymbal and a gong. is a bunch of noise. If you don't have love, what good is it? The Bible tells us to pursue love above all else. Pursue love. Oh, hallelujah. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Luke 9. Luke 9, verse 53. I want you to consider some, see here also, the mindset of immature believers. Because these were people here that believed in Jesus. These were people that followed Jesus, but they had the wrong spirit. And they had to be corrected. Let's see this. Luke 9, verses 53 through 56. Uh, this is when uh, Jesus was about to go to Jerusalem because the time of his crucifixion um, was at hand very shortly. He says, and, and they, uh, this is Luke 9, verse 53 through 56, King James Version. It says, and they did not receive him. The Samaritans did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. There was a bit of um, racism there. We'll receive you over here in Samaria, Jesus, but uh, you going over there, we're not going to receive you. No, you, you're going to have to go. I'm sorry, you can't stay here with us if you're going to go over there with them. You can't stay with us if you're going to go over there with them. If it, you ever know anybody in those type of cliques? You know, you, oh, you, it's, it's lunchtime, we're in school. You know, if you're going to sit with us, you can't sit with them anymore. If you're going to be my friend, you can't be their friend anymore. That's a demonic spirit, a very cliquish spirit. Look at this in verse 54. And when his disciples, and when his disciples, James and John, saw this, when they saw these people reject Christ, what did they say? They said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? Lord, should we just burn them all up? Let's kill them all. They rejecting you, Jesus, so let's kill them all. How did the Lord respond to that? 
He said, but he turned and rebuked them and said, ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the son of man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Are you hearing? Look at that image. Now, these are people that were following Jesus. They were his disciples. They heard his words first. They saw the miracles. They had an intimate relationship with him at this point, but they were still yet immature. They still had the mindset of the world. If they reject you, Jesus, then we need to burn them all up. Let's burn them all alive. That was not the mind of God. They reject you, Jesus, then let's reject them. That's not the mind of God. Just like an eye for an eye. No, no, no. Are you hearing me? That's not the mind of God. God's idea, his mind is to love them. Through loving kindness have I drawn thee. Through loving kindness have I drawn thee. We got to be clean. We got to be clean. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Y'all stay with me today? Let's go to James, James 4. James 4, as we come on down to the conclusion here of the series, I hope that you're getting a good picture here of what is of God and what is not of God of what represents Christ and what does not represent Christ. Are you hearing? Look at James 4. James 4, verse 11 to 12, and it says, Speak not evil one of another. Look at verse 11. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil, speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. What is God's law? God's law is a law of love. It's a law of love. You're going to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, strength, all of that. And you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. And you're going to love one another as the Lord has loved you. That's the law of love. So if you say, someone says, well, I can't love so-and-so because they're like this and that, they are speaking against the law of God. They're speaking against what he commanded. I can't have them in my house. I can't have them in our fellowship. Look, they don't look like we do. They're not the right, the right shade. They don't look, look what they're driving up. Look at all of our nice cars in the parking lot. I can't have, we can't have no Pinto in our parking lot. What are people going to say? What are they going to say? What are they going to say? You can't come here. You don't work there. You don't have this kind of money. What are people going to say? What are people going to say? It's that same stinking attitude that has got us where we are now. Excuse my French. Are you hearing me? I hope you're hearing really well. Because if we say that, we come against God's law. We come against the law of love. And you're no longer doing the law. You are sitting in judgment against the law. Look at the verse 12. I mean, verse 12 really caps it here. It says, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judges another? Who are you to try to rewrite God's law? Are you hearing? No, we've got to love them. They're not trash. They are treasure. They are not trash. 
They are treasure. And God treasures his people. He treasures them. Are you hearing? He treasures them. There's one more verse that you may not have. I'm not sure. In Matthew, the 13th chapter, Matthew 13, verse 24 through 30, you can write this down. Matthew 13, verse 24 through 30. Once you see this, we're going to wrap this up with the same uh, terminology that we began it, talking about the kingdom of heaven. You can grab this in your Bible. Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30. I want you to see this. It says, let me know when you got it, or do, or do I need to hold up? All right, here we go. Matthew 13, verse 24, it says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. Verse 27. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou, uh, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? Verse 28. He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. So listen. So what's happening here? There is a farmer that has a lot of employees. And he told his employees, see the farmer obviously bought some seed, brought some good seed from somewhere. I don't know, maybe from Walmart somewhere. And they got some good seed. And he told his employees, the farm hands, go out there and begin to plant crops, sow this seed, plant these seeds, plant them in some good rows here. And so they did that. But at night while everybody slept, an enemy came, maybe a, maybe a rival farm, and he sowed or he began to plant weeds among all of those good plants that the that is um, farm hands had planted. Does that make sense? Trying to bring it down to you. So the servant said to him, sir, didn't you plant good seed? He told him, hey, an enemy has done this. Listen to the servant's response. And this is why you should not judge in verse number 28. The servant said unto him, will thou then that we go and gather them up? Do you want us to go and gather those weeds up from among the good plants that we have, um, that we have planted? Do you want to do that? What is the response? He says, nay, least while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. What's this talking about? Here again, he's talking about this is how the kingdom of heaven is. This is how this fellowship is. This is how our fellowships are. There are some, unfortunately, that are wheat, um, and there are some that are wheat that are good, and there are some that are weeds. Wheat and weeds. But when they are both young, you can't tell them apart. The servant said, do you want us to go and pick up these weeds? Yeah, we see what it is. He said, no, don't do that because if you pull them up, you're going to pull up the, the wrong ones as well or that they are planted too closely to the right ones. And you're going to pull up, why are you trying to do such a good work and root them out and separate them? You're going to cause a lot of confusion and pain. Say, I know you, you're not of God. Let me root you out, but you don't know who they're connected to. And you go pulling them and you're going to pull out the other two. God said, leave them, leave them alone. 
Leave him alone. Because in the beginning, in the, in the beginning, uh, the wheat, when the wheat is immature, when it's still growing, developing, it looks like a weed. Same little green blade comes up. He said, no, let them both grow up together. Look at verse 30. Uh, let both grow up, rather, let both grow together until the harvest. And we're in that time now. And in the harvest, and in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, those are the angels, gather ye together first the tares, that's the weeds, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. There will be a time of separation, but you and I are not qualified to separate. There will be a time of judgment, but you and I are not qualified to judge. Because we don't have all the information. We don't have all the facts. What we think is evil, maybe God's going to use that and turn it around for good. I'm sure somebody would have thought, in, especially in the early church, let's go and, let's go and um, have Saul assassinated. He's killing the church. Let's go get him too. But they had no clue how God would use Saul to become Paul in the mighty works that he would do for Christ. So we're not qualified. We look at people based on who they are right now, but you don't know who they will be. And by the same token, people are not trash. They are not throwaways. They're treasure. So when you go forth throughout your life, you go forth in in schools, go forth uh, even in, in, in workplace and in shopping places, and you see these people, and you see the way they're interacting, maybe one man holding another man's hand, woman holding another woman's hand or whatever. You see all these things going on all around you. Maybe somebody's doing this over there, somebody doing that over there. Don't see what they are doing. Look past what they are doing and see someone that's God's favorite. See someone that the father loves and that he desperately wants to come back home. That's dementia reconciliation. Christ is in us, compelling them all, come back to God. Come back to God. He's already taken care of the sin issue. He's already taken care of the sin issue. And please don't get wrapped up, and I know you're not, I'm thankful. Don't get wrapped up in the church clothes issue. Just tell them to put something on. Cover up and come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.